Self-control can be defined as the ability to control behaviors and avoid temptation to be able to achieve a long-term goal. This ability to delay instant gratification in the short term can actually benefit us in the long term. So, where does self-control come from? And if it's so good for us, how do we get more of it? All that and more on today's show. Hey everybody, welcome to another broadcast with TJ and I. We're here and we want to share something uh, you know, that God laid on our heart. And it starts with Proverbs 25, 28. And this is what it says. A person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. That's what we're going to talk about. And uh, I think it's pretty uh, interesting what we're going to what we're going to go over. Broken down walls. What does that mean? What do you think it means, TJ? Well, if you look at uh, cities, especially in Bible's times, most cities had walls around them, right? Yeah. You know, and why did they have walls around them? For protection. For protection, right? So if you have places in your walls that are open, mm. then you lack protection. You know, you lack you lack the ability to defend yourself from an invasion, you know, an invasion from another country and in, in our uh you know in our lives, an invasion from evil, um, you know, an invasion from anything really. Any right. any anything that could possibly hurt you in a way. So if you, if you don't have walls, if you don't have those walls built up, right. then you're susceptible to an attack from anything. Right. You know, just like a city. Um, yeah. It's yeah. A, it's a good it's a good verse. These days these days walls don't have the best meaning. Right. <laughs> but yeah. it's you know, it's important to have walls. It, yeah. We all lock our doors at night, That's right? right? Right. You know, we all lock our cars like it's important to have protections. Yeah. You know, to be is. guarded. It is, and you know, boundaries and walls and, and, uh, you know, there's the walls that you don't want. Obviously there are people say, you know, you got a brick wall around your heart. You know what I mean? You're not letting anybody in, you know, maybe because you're hurt in some way. Hey, there's, fashion. there's walls though. And there's doors. Oh, that's good. Right. Yeah. You know, you can, you can open the gates, you can open the doors. Right. But so in my opinion, that's it's good, good to have walls, but you always have to be willing to open sure. the gates or open the doors. You have to be able to decipher what's good to let in and what right. do I got to keep out? Right. And that's, uh, you know, that's a little bit of what the proverb talks about anyway. Yeah. And, the, and another thing I'm thinking is, you know, who told them? You know, the Israelites to build a wall and do those things. God, God yeah. directed them, you know what I mean? So does the Lord know what he's doing? Absolutely. And so our wall, according to the scriptures, to keep us protected is this thing called self-control. Right. You know, and that's why I want to talk about it a little bit. And uh, without self-control, the Bible says you're just like, you're exactly like a city that has no walls. To me, when I first read it, it said... Anything can happen. Yeah, someone can just walk right on in and just wreak havoc. Right. When you have you no know? self-control, you're uh, you're walking in a danger zone, right? And and I just don't mean like no self-control, you know, you get in arguments. Of course, I do mean that too. But, man, I'm talking like, what if you don't have self-control over eating sugar? So the Bible says, okay, because you lack self-control in that area, you're just like a city with its walls broken down with the sugar thing. And anything can happen. Well, we know from science and, and medical stuff that has happened that if you continue to consume an overabundance of sugar, uh, something is going to happen to your body. 
and it's not going to be good. So that's where the scripture comes in and says, look, man, you're just like a, a you know, a city with its walls broken down with the sugar thing. And, 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 you know, we had that broadcast where we were talking about you reap what you sow. Yeah. You know, so, absolutely. so self-control is a protector. You know what I mean? Uh, it'll protect us over a lot of different things. Uh, if you don't have self-control over your finances, right? You know, the Bible you're gonna says be broke. you're going to be broke. <laughs> Uh, you know, if you don't have self-control in that area, the Bible says a, a, a fool spends whatever they have. And so that's no self-control is probably causing that, right? So a lot of root things that happen to us that are not, not good, the root of it could be a lack of self-control. Yeah. So I love these topics that we've been talking about because it puts some of the responsibility on us. Yes. We can't just expect God to do everything for us. Right. You know, it's like, it goes back to like, we have free will, which means like we have, we have part, a part in this. Right. You know, we have a part in this overall plan. So again, talking about having self-control, that's partially on us right. to develop, to work on, sure. to practice. Yeah. So it's um, a lot of what we've been talking about has been very practical you know, there's a lot of practical application for us and our listeners, you know, and I know I'm definitely listening. And, yeah. Uh, you know. That's right. And, you know, and I need to work, probably work on this in my life first, Me too. Me too. Yeah. You know, like, what, what if you did an inventory, which is a good thing for our listeners right now to think about, you know, the importance of uh, having some self-control. And we'll talk about how to have self-control in a moment. Like, where do you get self-control? Do you go to a vending machine and, and put your uh, debit card in and, and buy a thing that, ha- that says, hey, you just purchased self-control? Uh, I think self-control and willpower, like people get, you know, those things confused maybe. But willpower is good. You need willpower. But you shouldn't rely on willpower. You know, you should rely on the Lord to give you self-control, which is what we want to get into in, in a moment. But... Uh, I can't stress enough how important it is to have this thing called self-control because if not, man, you're going to invite all kinds of disaster. To me, it reminds me of, like you said, a door open or a door shut. So to me, a lack of self-control is an invitation. It's an invitation to the enemy. Come on, come on in. I have you no know, walls. Come on in. Yeah. The door is open because I don't think unless there's an opening he can't just come into anybody's life because God puts a restraint on him. You see that from the book of Job. Right. Like he stood before the Lord, Satan did. Right, yeah. And uh, God said, have you considered my servant Job? And and he said, yeah, I've considered him, but he has. You have a hedge of protection around him, meaning I can't touch him because right. you won't allow me. So if God won't allow the devil to do anything, then the devil can't do anything, right? But... There's this thing called free will, which you've already talked about, and there's this thing called self-control. So, like, I look at Peter, right, one of the disciples who followed Jesus before Jesus was crucified on the cross. Peter kind of had this little issue of, of pride. He was always getting caught up in uh, a few things, and if you read the scriptures, you'll see that. So, Jesus comes to Peter, and he says this, Peter, Satan has requested to sift you as wheat. First of all, imagine that. You're walking with the Lord. You're having a good day. Maybe you're having some Wawa coffee or something like that. And Jesus says, hey, TJ, by the way, I got to talk to you for a moment. Yeah, sure, Lord, what's up? Hey, uh, Satan just requested. He put a request in. 
Yeah, really? For what? He wants to sift you as wheat, which to me is not good, right? Wow. You you said no, right, Lord? <laughs> like you didn't grant him that request. But what did Jesus say? He said, listen, after it's all done, I'm praying for you and you'll be stronger and you'll be able to strengthen your brethren. That's not what I want to hear, right? But what got Peter to that point? He didn't go to John. He didn't go to James, right? He didn't go to all these other disciples. He went to Peter and said, Peter, Satan has requested to sift you as wheat. What I think, TJ, I think because there was a door open in Peter's life, Satan said, hmm, there's a door open. That might give me legal authority to walk through that door, right? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and I'm going to ask and I'm going to request. And of course, God granted that request for the good of the kingdom of God, ultimately, because it did make Peter a better man for it. But the fact of the matter is, when we have no self-control, we open up doors that the enemy may be able to walk through and wreak havoc in our lives. So that's why it's important to try to figure out how to get self-control, you know, or otherwise you're going to be like that city with broken down walls. Make sense? Makes sense. So you're saying that by not having self-control, we can, even us, we can begin to remove that hedge of protection that God has around us. That's right. So it really is, I mean, in Job's case, God, God allowed Satan to do what he wanted to do with Job. Right. To to a degree. To a degree. Yeah. Yeah. He couldn't kill him. He put limits on him. Yeah. He put limits on him. Yeah. But so you're saying like Satan kind of has that, like, like you said, legal authority. And once he sees an opening, he can attack. Right. So he's already given that legal authority. Like God allows, God allows, obviously God allows Satan to do what Satan does. I mean, he allowed him to sift Peter's wheat. Yeah. Uh, And obviously. And what does that mean? That means he humbled he he attacked Peter. He was granted the permission, and 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 in the end, it was for Peter Peter to be humbled, right? Because he had a pride issue. So instead of using, instead of signing Peter a book to read on humility, God sent the devil, the humble Peter. Isn't you know that kind I mean? of amazing? Because I feel like that's happened in my life too. I mean, it's definitely happened in my life <laughs> where I've been humbled. And I've had to go through a season of like pruning, Mm. you know, to grow and how God almost allows Satan. I don't want to say this wrong, but like it it almost seems like Satan is part of God's plan. Right. Well, how he allows him to work in our lives to bring us to draw us back closer to God. Yeah. he, He uses it for the good. Yeah. Like what the devil has meant for, for evil. evil. Exactly. That's what I was trying to say. Right. The yeah. Bible says God will use it for good, Absolutely. which is amazing. Yeah. Because I think about the things that I've, like the things in my life that, that I have done to land me in places where I didn't want to be, but it was because I didn't have self-control. Hmm. You know, those walls were open, which like we've said before, you start to veer down that path. And then before you know it, you're all the way off the path, you know, just with a little veer, just with losing a little self-control, all of a sudden it's boom, 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 you know, and things compound and build. Right. And then Satan has more than a foothold in your life. And 
you then all of a sudden you realize where you are and you're like, Oh, get me back, get me back to the path. But that allows you to grow, right. you know, but so Satan intends those things for evil, but God can, can turn those things around for good. Oh yeah. He's, he's got a black belt and taken things that were evil intended and backfiring, you know, the word backfire. I mean, Satan gets stuff backfired on him all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, but he can, you know, your life will be destroyed without self-control. Let's yeah. just, let's just like put that out there. Absolutely. If you don't have self-control in your life, there's a good chance, you know, people say, I'm going to go out on the limb and say the Eagles are going to win a Super Bowl this year or whatever, right? Well, not this year, but, but anyway, that's long, another subject. Time. <laughs> so listen, we could say somebody that has no self-control, you can go out on the limb and say, things are not going to end well for that person. I say this all the time. Dogs that chase cars don't have a great lifespan. Right. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that dog that constantly is chasing the cars down the street because the owner doesn't have no self-control with their dogs. They're not, you know, on a leash or they're whatever. The lifespan isn't going to be good for that dog, right? I'm going to go out on a limb and say that. I'm going to, I'm, you know, may or may not happen. If you don't have self-control, I'm going to go out on a limb and say your life is going to be a lot harder than it needs to be. So a, a wise person would say, what is this thing called self-control? How do I get it? And, and you know, it will protect me. And uh, But speaking of the enemy and God using the enemy, like as in Peter and in Job, uh, there's another verse, 1 Corinthians 5.5. 5. It says, hand this man over to Satan for a reason, for the destruction of the flesh, so that his spirit may be saved on the day of the Lord. Wow, really? Hand this person over to the enemy so that they can be humbled and that their flesh may be destroyed so that ultimately their soul can be saved. So that's 1 Corinthians 5.5. 5. That's, that's, that's incredible. I know one thing. I don't want to be the guy that you're handing over to the enemy so you can destroy my flesh, so the enemy can destroy my flesh so that I'll be humbled, repent, and ask Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior, that my soul would be saved. I'd rather go willingly and say, Lord, forgive me. Yeah. You know, come on. I don't want to be that guy. I've been that guy before. I don't want to be that guy again, Right, 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 right. It is not worth it. It is not. It is not worth it whatsoever. Yeah. I heard a song one time by that... uh, artist i think his name is kanye west and it's a song he says i don't want to wrestle like i don't want to wrestle with the lord you know what i mean you know some people say well when i get to heaven i'm going to tell the lord a a thing or two or whatever you ever heard anybody say that yeah 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. you know no you're not no you're not you're going to be humbled well before that appointment and you know before you have a chance to say anything you know god cannot stand pride yeah and you know the Bible says he actually resisted pride. But if you did a study in the Bible and you said every saw everything he does for the humble, you would say you would run, you'd leave skid marks to get humility because you're you'd be amazed at what God does for the humble. Hmm. It's amazing. That's a whole other broadcast. But so we're next talk- time on the God yeah Tommy next show. time. So how do you how do you get self control or how do you get That's more of key, it? Right? How do you get if it's so valuable, which it is. And if it's like a city with walls around it, 
instead of saying it's like a, it, without self-control, you're like a city with no walls. But hey, we, we forgot to mention with self-control, you're like a city with walls. Right. You're the protected. The ultimate protection. Yeah, the ultimate. So where do you get self-control? The key question, right? From the Holy Spirit. Hmm. So first you would have to be a, what we call a believer in Jesus Christ. You know, there's a lot of religious people out there, right? We know that. But there is another, you know, there's another level, I would say. Another level, absolutely. There would be a believer in Jesus or a follower of Jesus Christ, meaning somebody who's committed their life to the lordship of Jesus Christ, meaning Jesus is not just a figure on a crucifix in my life. He is my Lord, and he's my Savior, and I've officially asked him for forgiveness of sins. So when that happens, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in you as a guarantee, it's in Ephesians, uh, for the day of redemption, meaning when you take your last breath on earth, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, that means you possess the Holy Spirit, and it's the Holy Spirit, right, that resides in you, and you're marked, Ephesians 4.30, like you're a child of God. And you have the Holy Spirit in you. You're, you're distinguished between other people on earth who do not have the Holy Spirit. They may be religious, but they're not a child of God. They haven't been adopted by God. If you possess the Holy Spirit, the Bible says there are fruits or byproducts of the Holy Spirit. And one, self-control is and one, one And self-control is one of them. So you can, have, you can try to run on willpower or you can try to run on His power, if that makes sense. His power is the Holy Spirit. I don't want to gloss over this, though. In your definition, as simply as you can state it, what's the difference between religion and being a believer? Wow. Just because, yeah. you know, we, we kind of hit that point and I, I don't want to just kind of leave it there. Like if somebody's listening and they're thinking like, oh man, well, okay, I believe in God, but am I, is it just my religion or? Yeah, you could know? be. Yeah. That was me. Yeah, me I too. was very religious. I went to church. Uh, I made the sign of the cross. Every time I ate a meal, even in public at restaurants, I remember doing it with work with other guys. We'd go eat dinner, and uh, you know I would just make that sign of the cross. And so I was very religious. However, this is going to sound crazy. I didn't know who Jesus was. I knew Jesus died on a cross. I knew he was God's son, but he wasn't my Lord. So I think the difference is Jesus being real in your life real your real lord and your real savior i mean you are clinging to the blood of jesus christ for forgiveness of sins rather than clinging on being religious for the forgiveness of sins if that makes any sense at all right so it's like religion is like ritual for the sake of ritual right versus a relationship sure like certain religions are told that they have to eat certain foods like you can't eat pig Right, or you won't, you know, you're not going to enter the kingdom. Or there's there's religions that we both know of, uh, like Jehovah's Witnesses, they have to bang on so many doors because yeah. they're they're striving to be part of this 144,000 that they the believe elect. in. Their, of course, yeah. their doctrine isn't accurate, and it's not biblical, but this is what they believe, and they're, they're doing, they're working, they're working their tails off. And other religions are like that. They got to work, 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 work. And then they have no idea how much work is needed or if it's going to be acceptable, right? But uh, uh, us and Christians, the work is already done through the cross of Jesus Christ. He did the work. Like God is saying, you can't do the work. You're, you're, 
your filth and your sin and your wickedness, right? You can't wash yourself clean, but in my love and my grace and my mercy, I want to show you who can. Right. I'm going to sacrifice my own son on a cross who was sinless for you. So I'll do all the work. You put your faith in me. You ask for my mercy and my forgiveness, and I'll place my Holy Spirit inside of you, and you'll forever be either my daughter or my son. But it's it, it puts the glory back on God because he's the one who did the work. So the difference is being religious is dangerous because you're thinking that you have a role and a part in your salvation, in your, in your forgiveness, and going into heaven versus getting on your knees and just bowing your head before the Lord and saying, Lord, I'm a sinner in need of mercy. And God says, I got you. I got the mercy, I got the grace, and I got the forgiveness, all because my son died on a cross. I hope that makes sense. It, yeah, it, I, it does to me. I mean, but again, I, I mean, I've been walking with the Lord for, you know, almost 10 years here. So, right. yeah, it makes sense to me for sure. Um, I mean, somebody could say, well, you know, I help this person. I do that. I serve here. I serve with handicapped kids. That's religion. Right. And that's, and it's good stuff it's and we should stuff. do it. Yeah. So, all right. So here's what I would say to that, because that's all religion. Everything that you had said before, like that's all religion. And I don't even consider what I have a religion really, right? because there's nothing, there's nothing that tells me this is what I have to do. Right. This is, you have to do A, B, and C to, you know, attain your goal. Yeah. You other than, other than putting your faith in Jesus. Right. And just like I would put my faith in you, like we were talking about earlier, like you told me you were going to be here at a certain time. I had to put my faith in you to be here at a certain time. The reason I can put my faith in you is because we have a relationship. Right. You know? Yeah, that's a good analogy. Yeah, we have a rapport. Right. So I know that I can trust Chris when he says he's going to do something. I can trust Chris to do something. I have a relationship with Jesus that I know he is who he says he is because right. I have a relationship mm. with him. I trust him. That's I trust the work that he's doing into my life. And it's because of that relationship that work, how he speaks to me through his word, right? that I know where I'm going in the end right? and why I wouldn't consider what I'm doing. Like, I'm not considering it work for him. I'm considering it's, my, it's my end of the relationship yeah. too. Yeah. You know, God, God doesn't force us to do these things, no. but it's because of how much we love him and how much he's given to us and, and, how much we cherish our relationship with him that we want to do good things. Right. That's you know? so good. It's such that's a so difference. True. So I, yeah. you can't even consider it a, a religion because of that. Religion says do, and a relationship says, no, I'm going to do because of how much right. I love. It's like you you help people, uh, you help kids surf in yeah. the summer. You, you serve in a ministry, FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and you help kids learn how to surf, and you teach them about the Bible while you're doing it that whole week. I love that because I could go a whole day on talking about why I love to do that, you know, right, and right. it's surfing. But you're not doing it just to, to be forgiven. To surf. Or, yeah. Right? You're yeah. not doing it to be forgiven someday thinking, if I teach all yeah, these even kids better. how exactly. to surf, I'll be forgiven. No, you'll be forgiven because somebody died. The Bible says the wages of death is sin. So there's where everybody goes wrong. Like, if we knew that verse, we'd be okay. Because it says the wages, the payment, the requirement, what is needed is death. So like when you're helping old ladies across the street, you're not dying, right? When you're helping people surf, you're not dying. When you're dropping money in the plate, you're not dying. 
The Bible says the only thing that can forgive you, Chris and TJ, is the death of a sinless sacrifice. Right. So that's the difference, right? And so people don't know that, so they're they're working they're to working earn their way to heaven. Right. They're yeah. working their way to heaven. God says, no, 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 you got it all wrong. There's only one thing that can get you to heaven, and it's called a death, and it has to be sinless, and it has to be sacrificed. I'm going to provide my son, and I'm going to sacrifice him on a cross because he's sinless, and he'll die for you, right? Yeah. It, it, what it does is it humbles you. Absolutely. It's not me. Because like, could you imagine it's getting to heaven? It's not about me. I can't because do anything. To... What if you taught a million kids over your lifetime how to surf? You could, you could think I that you would... I have taught a million kids how to surf. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you would get to heaven and you'd say, Lord. Oh, we're talking about being I humble. I taught a million, mil- million needy kids how to surf. Isn't that worth anything for you? There you go. Yeah. I want to walk into this place and I expect you to honor me because exactly. I taught a million needy kids. Like, give me my crowns because right. I did. Yeah. That's pride versus humility is, oh my gosh, I deserve death. I deserve punishment for my sins, but because you sacrificed your very own son for me, you literally crucified your son. And then you say, Chris, I'm going to crucify my son so that you can know me as a father and be fully forgiven forever. That humbles you because you're like, you mean, Lord, there's nothing I can do? No, there's nothing you can do except believe in my son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Whoa, that's yeah. humility. So what happens and what I've seen happen, I've seen religious people like myself get it. First of all, they got to be told what we just said in a simplistic manner. And then a light bulb goes off and you're like, oh, I see. Right, right. And then, Father, forgive me. Come into my heart. Oh, my gosh. You mean there's nothing I can do? No, there's nothing you can do. Just ask me to forgive you through Just, Jesus. Yeah. And so that's what I did, and that's what you did. I did it in the living room of my house with my wife by the fireplace. I don't know where you first received Christ. Yeah, mine's an interesting story. Maybe someday I'll, All right. I'll share it. But... but that's what somebody has to do. Now, to circle back, because I know we're going to close circle in a back, second. Circle back, baby. This thing called self-control comes as a result of you receiving forgiveness and receiving God's Holy Spirit, right, which is outlined over and over again in the Bible, and you can read about the Holy Spirit in Galatians. It's a byproduct when you yield to the leading of the Holy Spirit. So if you walk by a humongous plate of freshly cooked chocolate chip cookies and you're trying to lose weight, and you're struggling, been there, got the t-shirt, right? You can rely on the power of the Holy Spirit by simply saying this, Lord, I am so tempted right now to eat not just one cookie, but every single cookie on that plate, (laughs) right? And have a huge glass of milk. Yeah. But I know that won't be good for my blood sugar or anything else. It probably won't get any sleep tonight. So what you do is you yield and you, you refuse to use your power, you acknowledge the temptation, and you ask God to step in and give you the power through his spirit, right? It's similar to saying, Lord, I can't forgive myself or earn my way to heaven. It's all you. Lord, I can't resist these cookies, but through your power, I can. And the verse is Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ, who what? Strengthens me. Who strengthens me.
So that's Amen. it in a nutshell. Amen. It's Christ who forgives us. It's Christ who strengthens us. It's all Christ. And if we would just get that, we would be like, wow, it's amazing what the Lord does for us, the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's it in a nutshell. And uh, That's perfect. Yeah, we might as well wrap up. Do they call it a mic drop? Mic drop. Mic drop Don't on drop that. my mic, though. No, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're listening and you stumbled across this broadcast and you're like, who's TJ? Who is Chris? What is this? Hey, we just want to let you know that TJ and I are here always to help you. We can do that. You can email us. You can go on our website. There is a way to contact us. And the website is GodTaughtMe.com. God taught me, just like God teaching you something. GodTaughtMe.com. We love to hear from you, right, TJ? Yeah. Yeah, shoot us an we email. We got to a mailbag episode one time. Yeah, let's do a mailbag so episode. So send in your emails. Send in your email. The email is info, I-N-F-O, at GodTaughtMe.com. Info at GodTaughtMe.com. We'd love to hear from you, and we'd love to tell you what we have planned for uh, our ministry, our broadcast, and so many other things. So... Uh, We'll talk to you soon. God bless you. If you need anything, reach out. For more information on anything that Chris is doing, visit GodTaughtMe.com. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play.